mother-in-law with exasperated affection. Only Dee Dee would see a devil or a pirate in the doer of a good deed. I'll try to contain the bristling bad temper, he said dryly. The darkness he could do nothing about. It was his coloring. Dark brown eyes, dark brown hair, whiskers blacker than night. It was also his heart. Dee Dee was ninety-two, under five feet tall, frighteningly thin. Still, despite the fact it was 3.15 in the morning and her cat, Charlie, was dying, she was dressed in her go-to-church best. She had on a pantsuit the color of pink grapefruit. A matching ribbon was tied in a bow in her snow-white curls. Would Becky have looked like this someday, if she had grown old? The pain was sharp, his guilt so intense it felt as if a knife had been inserted underneath his ribs. But Brendan was accustomed to it coming like this, in unexpected moments, and he held his breath waiting, watching himself, almost bemused. Pain, but no emotion. A man so emotionally impoverished he hadn't shed a single tear for his wife. Sometimes he felt as if his heart was a tomb that a stone had rolled in front of, sealing it away forever. I'll get my coat, Dee Dee said. I've already got Charlie in the cat carrier. She turned to retrieve her coat, pink to match her outfit, from the arm of a sofa, and he saw Charlie glaring balefully at him from a homemade carrier that looked like a large and very ugly purse. Charlie's head poked out a round hole, his ginger fur stuck up in every direction, his whiskers kinked, his eyes slit with dislike and bad temper. He made a feeble attempt to squeeze his gargantuan self out the tiny opening, but his quick resignation to defeat and the raspy breathing caused by the effort made Brendan aware that tonight was the end of the road for the ancient cranky cat. Dee Dee turned back to him, carefully buttoning her coat around her. Brendan picked up the cat carrier with one hand and crooked his other elbow. Dee Dee threaded her arm through his, and he nudged open the door with his knee, trying not to be impatient when the rain sluiced down his neck as she handed him a huge ring of keys. Lock the handle and the deadbolt, she ordered, as if they were in a high crime area of New York City. Both locks were sticky, and Brendan made a note to come by and give them a squirt of lubricant the next time he had a chance. Finally, they turned toward his car, inched down the steep stairs that took them from her front stoop to the road. When they reached the flat walkway, he tried to adjust his stride to Dee Dee's tiny steps. He was just under six feet tall, his build lithe with a runner's sleekness rather than a bodybuilder's muscle. But Dee Dee made him feel like a giant, a bristling pirate of a giant. Brendan found himself wishing she would have called one of her children to accompany her on this late-night trip to the vet's office. But for a reason he couldn't quite decipher, it certainly wasn't his graciousness. It was him she turned to when she needed anything, from a light bulb changed to her supply of liquid meal replacements restocked.
Dee Dee wasn't a nice little old lady. She was querulous, demanding, bossy, ungrateful, and totally self-centered. It had occurred to Brendan more than once that she called him because no one else would come. But Dee Dee was his inheritance from his late wife. Becky and Dee Dee had adored each other. For that reason alone, he came when she called. Finally, he had both the cat and Dee Dee settled, the animal on the back seat, the woman in the front. The carrier didn't look waterproof, and he hoped the cat wouldn't have an accident that would bleed through to the seat. Of course, with Charlie, it might not be an accident. It might be pure spite. Regardless, the car was brand new, all plush leather and purring power. Had Brendan bought it, hoping to fill some emptiness? If so, he had failed.